So look for your posture. Make time adjustments here and there. Making sure that your body is stable and at the same time comfortable. And that you are not consciously holding any part of the posture in place. And whatever you need to do to your cushion, opening it, fold it, so you can be comfortable. Don't worry, the cushion is not going to complain. And as you are adjusting and finding your posture, bring to the surface of your mind the reason why you are about to meditate. You are about to enter into an inner space where you are incapable of being disturbed. That is, your ability to direct your t attention will be under your complete control. Your attention will not be stolen from you by any by any perception, by any sound, any thought, by any memory, any feelings. But it doesn't mean that you will not be aware of them. But your attention will not be taken away by any of them. And you feel that you can direct your attention to wherever you want to and hold it wherever you keep it. And what's the reason for achieving this inner space? So think of the reason why you want to meditate. contemplating the reason why you want to meditate. Start to feel some sort of energy coming from your determination, from that reason. Almost like pushing you to do some sort of action. And the action that you are taking up is exactly sitting down to meditate, to enter into that sacred space where your attention is under your control. Keep repeating the reason why you want to meditate. Strengthening this determination. Until you actually reach a point where you are at a level of conviction. Yes, this is exactly what I need to do to address this concern, to fulfill this aspiration. that determination, let that conviction just fill your whole being. 
it awakens the natural intelligence in your body and your body knows what to do it knows it needs to seek a place of stability and comfort so allow the body to guide you to find that space to find that place so when your intuition tells you arrange your legs this way arrange your legs that way arrange your hands this way that way just follow your intuition and be palpably aware of how the adjustment is actually making you have a greater sense of stability a greater sense of ease made your determination it was as if you made an announcement to your immediate surroundings look i'm about to do this and that so i need the cooperation of my environment i need the cooperation of my senses in response to my environment so that i can fulfill the objective and just like the determination has a somewhat of a calming pacifying effect on the body it also has the same seeming pacifying effect on your immediate surroundings and when you feel that immediate and you feel that sense of tranquility in your immediate surroundings you sort of align yourself to with it connect yourself to it and let that outer sense of tranquility strengthen your inner sense of tranquility the body's sense of tranquility and continue to just allow yourself to sink into that tranquility while you're maintaining a clear alert sense of awareness should begin to be a pleasant experience a pleasant sensation in the body a sensation that has the cognitive aspect or cognitive element of oh yes i want to continue in this posture with the tranquility in your immediate surroundings fills your body to the degree where the tranquility in your body is very pronounced without rejecting anything without grasping onto anything stay aware of the tranquility in the body and begin to direct your attention first directed to your legs 
allowing yourself to be aware of the stability and tranquility permeating the legs and if the intelligence in your body still sends signals arranged make this adjustment make that adjustment either physically or energetically and follow those directions and feel how making those adjustments further enhance the stability further enhance the tranquility that pleasant physical sensation and you feel your body approaching that pleasant sensation that you remember when you're just about to fall asleep and you're completely relaxed and you're aware of the pleasant experience of the body and you feel you want to continue to experience that and direct your attention to the arms, the hands, the shoulders and allow your, again, your body to direct you how best to position the arms and hands so the sense of stability, the sense of tranquility can be further enhanced. Then the torso, especially the back. We want to continue to make whatever adjustments, whether physical or energetic, or in terms of your attitude with the back and torso until you feel a physical sense of confidence until the stability that you have built up feels mental feels emotional still make minute or microscopic adjustments here and there in the legs or arms as you are adjusting the back and the torso. And once you feel that palpable, doesn't have to be strong, but there is a palpable sense of physical confidence. Then you move to your head and neck, not wanting to control the head and neck, not wanting to hold it in place consciously. In the same way as before, allow the body to guide you so that the head and neck will remain centered, stable, and comfortable. So you don't have to consciously have to hold the, hold the head and neck in place. And once you find the center place for the head and neck, because of the proper alignment of the body, there might be a rush of pleasant, that pleasant experience now sort of filling your head or beginning to fill your head. Let that. Let the mouth, teeth, and tongue rest in their natural places. No need to clench your teeth. No need to have the jaws loose. 
Just let them stay natural. The tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. And up to now, still, that pleasant experience, that pleasant physical sensation continues to be further enhanced. Mm -hmm. And the attitude of wanting this experience to continue is getting stronger. Mm -hmm. And this gives you the confidence that you're actually doing something to truly, in a real way, address your concern. So whichever position, as far as the eyes are concerned, that further enhance or stabilizes the tranquility and sense of clarity, that's the one you adopt. For some, it's closing the eyes. For others, it's having the eyes opened. And there is still the posture of having the eyes half opened. So the one that further enhances the stability and tranquility, that's the one that you should adopt. And by this time, the connection to that tranquility has already begun to permeate the breath. And now there is a palpable experience of the breath being <coughs> tranquil. Some may already at the point where they are fighting with uh, either the thought, am I, the question, am I breathing? Or the thought, should I stop breathing? So don't need to concern yourself with those thoughts. Let them take place. Do not reject them. Do not grasp onto them. Just stay natural. If the breath wants to stop, let it stop. If it wants to continue, let it continue. If you're at the level where you're not sure, then no need to try to decipher whether it is yes or no. But the main thing is the tranquility. And just observe the breath. No need to force your mind to focus on the breath. No need to chase away distractions. No need to control the breath. Just as you are breathing in, know that you are breathing in. As you are breathing out, know that you are breathing out. And at the same time, in a relaxed way, be aware of the progress of that stability progress of the tranquility, the progress of that pleasant physical sensation. And you may continue to still be aware of pockets of tension, either energetic tension, physical tension, emotional tension, uh, being released, transformed, dissolving into further enhanced 
tranquility. You should continue until there is a palpable sense of a difference in how you are perceiving the breath. Then now you add to observing the breath the intention May the flow of my awareness stay on the breath unbroken. And remember, this does not mean you're not aware of anything else. But within everything that you're aware of, those things that come, those things that go, your awareness on the breath is always there. And have the intention to do so for 21 uh, for 11 cycles of breath. And you're still in somewhere in the back of your mind in a loose way, still mindful of the progress of the sense of ease, the sense of stability in the body, the sense of tranquility in the body as well as the breath. few seconds to discern, to clearly see that you have actually progressed from the moment you sat down to now. There is a greater sense of tranquility in the body and breath, and there's beginning to be a palpable experience of tranquility that is completely mental. If you're not already at that completely mental tranquility and one is influencing the other enhancing the other perhaps you are also beginning to be aware of the body in a different way rather than substantial dense, solid 
It's beginning to feel more light, luminous, almost as if blending with the tranquility, blending with the breath. also be a palpable experience, that your attention, the ability to direct your attention is under your control. Begin to have a sense of it. Now direct your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. In that space, invoke the presence of your infallible guide, your Lama, your Guru, your heart teacher, the infallible means through which you will without a doubt achieve the highest objective of your aspirations, the, the objective of your highest aspirations. And just think those thoughts as you focus on that, as you bring your attention to that space in front of you, until there is a palpable experience that there is a presence of such a being, of such a means in front of you, where you feel connected to such a means. Take the physical sensation, perhaps the magnetic throbbing at the forehead, a sense of heat patch at the forehead, the tingling, take that as the definite sign that you are in the presence of your infallible guide. And sense the brilliant presence of your infallible guide shining like a million suns and yet the rays are soothing and embrace all embracing and keep referring to that presence this is my infallible guide the means to achieve my highest aim the definite way the definite means I'm going to achieve my objective. As you are rehearsing this in your mind, feel the sense of reverence, the sense of gratitude swelling within you, the sense of confidence, conviction, and holding those express in your own genuine way your reverence. Express your gratitude and place yourself under the protection, place yourself under the direction, the guidance being offered to you. Take refuge 
even though the measure of conviction or certainty that this is indeed your infallible guide right now in front of you, even though it might be just a the measure might be just a sliver, a tiny, tiny, tiny sense of that, conviction in that. Hold on to that measure. Give it all importance. Whatever avalanche of doubt that might be around, surrounding this, don't just, don't chase them away, don't pretend they're not there. Just focus on that sliver indeed the means to achieve your highest aim is right in front of you and make a strong determination to let go of all attitudes all actions all convictions that are holding you back that are preventing you from achieving your goal and beg your infallible guide for protection. Beg your infallible guide for guidance and strength. Recall the importance of what you are doing and let your infallible guide strengthen you. your compassion strengthen you. have an equally strong determination to take on and actually apply those attitudes, those con- gain those convictions, those behaviors that will actually help you achieve your goal. And again, rely on the strength of your infallible guide and the strength of your compassion. So that earlier sense of <coughs> I want this to continue kind of sense is now a strong momentum, a strong determination. Direct the positive potential you have collected up to this point towards the success of your meditation.
bring the presence of your infallible guide from the space in front of you to the crown of your head and actually feel the tingling or the heat patch or the magnetic wave pulse you were feeling at the forehead feel it actually traveling to the crown of your head and that bright presence following uh, going to the crown of your head and allow yourself to be bathed in the light emanating from your infallible guide while you make strong fervent requests fervent strong wishes to succeed in this meditation to have some sense that you are making some step and be aware of the step whatever obstacles whether it is in your environment whether it is within your own being that is obstructing you mm-hmm. if you're holding on to it may you have the ability to let go if it is pushing itself against you May you have the means to push it away. May you be free of your obstacles. And whatever you need to succeed, may you be filled with those abilities. you are at the proper place, the momentum that you are creating at this moment, you should feel it enhancing the tranquility, enhancing the sense of stability in the body, if you're still aware of the body, in the breath, if you're still aware of the breath, and definitely in the mind. Feel the mind ready and preparing. Stabilizing. After you have achieved some level of satisfaction in begging your fallible guide for blessings, then take that presence and bring it into the very center of your heart, in your heart center, and allow that presence to become inseparable with your mind, and feel, if you can, magnetic pulse, that heat patch, that whatever physical attribute 
that gave you the indication of the presence of your infallible guide. Feel it descending through the crown of your head. And as it's descending, feel the tranquility enhancing. The confidence strengthening. Until it enters your heart center and there merges inseparably with your mind. Stay with that for a few moments, staying completely aware of the state of the tranquility, the clarity, the level of clarity of the mind, the level of st stability of the mind. Slowly become aware of the physical properties of the breath. Feel the weight, feel the temperature. And through that awareness of the breath, become aware of the physical properties of the body. The sense of being solid, sense of being substantial. quite a bit, quite a bit long <laughs> preliminaries. I hope your bodies were able to withstand it. to smash your ego to bits. Okay. Uh, the Buddha also uh, calls that state where you're facing truth and you're sort of looking at it. You're not quite uh, beyond it yet. 
and then you, uh, in facing that truth, he said you have to bear it. And he also says to have fearless patience at that point. Okay. And the reason that it's fearless is because everything that you thought was real, you are being proven that you were completely wrong. So you have to be fearful at that, at that level. And the reason that you need to be fearful is because of a condition that is almost inherent with the ego. The ego is afraid of being annihilated. And it is said that uh, it is the, this fear of annihilation that actually is, uh, pushes samsara to continue. Uh, at the moment where you are at, at the very moment when you're about to experience a complete separation from everything that you knew. You're, you're going to be separated from your body. You're going to be separated from your, your name. You're going to be separated from everything that you knew that was seems to be solid for you. And you think at that moment, oh my God, I'm going to be annihilated. I'm going to enter non-existence. And that fear makes you grasp at anything. And that grasping is what pushes you, it says, to the next rebirth, to continue into the, in, the, in the samsara. So now when you're, about, when you're no longer have anything to grab onto, when you're in the, in the what process of transition, that some people call it, transition from life to life, and you are at the moment where you're definitely going to let go of this experience forever, forever, then you grasp, and there are things for you to grasp onto, and that's what gra- uh, that's the next life, and that's why it's called grasping tana, okay. and it's the fear of being annihilated that 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 pushes that grasping. But now, when you're in the in the presence, uh, direct when you're approaching the direct, complete direct presence, I have to say complete direct because there. Are, uh, stages of approaching the truth, okay, and they're called uh, phases of non-duality. Okay, so at the almost at the very last moment, when you're uh, uh, about to completely immerse into non-dual experience that is no more denying anything whatsoever, the truth, and then the ego sees absolutely nothing to grasp onto. There's no future life to even grasp onto then that fear becomes intense. And the ego finds itself not able to even, uh, the habit to grasp (coughs) grasp is not even present. So that even makes the fear even even worse. And if you bear that experience, then you go through that door then, you, then that experience is called bearing, fearlessly bearing the truth. Okay. In in that experience, everything that you, uh, everything that you could identify, from uh, gross to subtle, they completely vanish. They're not there for you, for you, for you, for you anymore. Uh, every. Uh, Every, every, every concept that you ever had is, is being erased, uh, taken away from you. Now, before you reach this very uh, powerful, subtle 
non, uh, what you might call non-conceptual state. And again, there are degrees of non-conceptuality. And even the first level of non-conceptuality might be even fearful. And where there's a long journey left, but the first journey of non-conceptuality may be where you are no longer able to remember your name. And you find yourself looking for your name. And you can't find it. Almost as if all of a sudden your name disappeared. And that experience can be fearful. It has, has its level of fear. And if you're able to bear this, just uh, continue to allow what's happening to continue to take place. And recall in whatever, no matter what fear you're facing that is connected to, oh, I'm going to be, finally, here's annihilation. Just recall that there can never be a time, there was never a time, there will never be a time when you will cease to exist. Just, re just remember that in whatever level you're able to remember it. That might give you the, some of the strength and courage or the ability to, to face that fear. Okay? And this is just the very beginning of it. Okay? And if you're able to bear the, the earlier sense of non-duality, then you're able to bear the, the last bit of non-duality. Or the last bit of uh, of non uh, not having any any concepts in your mind, okay, the present, because that's how we uh, associate. That's how we relate with the with reality, with through concepts. Okay. Uh, it is. Extremely important, I've said that many times, extremely important for the experience not to be contrived, not to be, not imagine yourself to be going through the experience, but to allow the experience to take place. Okay? And if you are naturally experiencing fear, you can all tell yourself, ah, oh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. This is, this is fear alley. It's going to take a few, a few more hours going through Fear Alley, and then, I'll, and then eventually I'll arrive at the, the Valley of Bliss. <laughs> okay. Exactly. What is, is this I is going to be at experiencing the Valley, uh, the valley of, of Bliss? Mm -hmm. Never mind about that. Okay. All right. So I thought I would bring uh, the fundamental wisdom of the Middle Way, since we are doing... Uh, Ego bashing, ego, uh, uh, ego trashing, ego bashing, no, ego something else. What was that? Smashing, ego smashing, that's better, yeah. Ego, where, is that what? Yeah, ego annihilating, okay. This is actually how to annihilate your ego. <laughs> okay, you see it right there? How to annihilate your ego. And have fun doing it. Yes. <laughs> You better have fun doing it. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm gonna skip all the. I mean, uh, this is Nagarjuna's uh, great work. This is what defined uh, the Middle Way philosophy, the the most subtle uh, presentation of the view of the true nature of reality. 
And so this is Nagarjuna explaining the most subtle view, <laughs> pay attention, the most subtle view of the true nature of reality, the most subtle presentation, the last, the the only conceptually, the only uh, concept, the only way conception can closely uh, uh, meet the true nature of reality. Okay, and it's that is twenty fourth chapters. <coughs> Let me see if I'm correct. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty six. Sorry, twenty six chapters in there, right? And throughout the 28 chapters, he's presenting it. From beginning, he's completely making you making your head spin. I'll read the very first. I'll read the, the verse of dedication. I'm not going to read the entire 26 <laughs> chapters, okay? The, the dedication verse, okay? This is just a dedication verse. I prostrate to the perfect Buddha. That's very nice. The best of teachers, isn't that nice? Who taught that whatever is dependently arisen, that's very nice, okay, so far, is, oh, very good, not paying attention, it's telling you. What is, whatever is dependently arisen is, it is unceasing, unborn, unannihilated, not permanent, not coming, not going without distinction, without identity, and free from conceptual construction. And this is just supposed to be to get you interested to read this. <laughs> <laughs> and already you all is confuse you completely. And the first verse, and I love the first verse. The first verse you can take it as a actual sort of mantra when you're trying to understand it to get you to, to get some understanding of the true nature of reality. Neither from itself, nor from another, nor from both, nor without a cause, does anything whatever anywhere arise. Does anything whatever anywhere arise. It doesn't arise from itself, so it must arise from someone else. No. It does not arise from someone else. Oh, it must be from both. No, it does not arise from both. What else is there? But it doesn't mean that it doesn't arise from a cause. So you're completely, so it's, it's sort of training you to not stand on anything. So already you're looking for the ground, right? After you read this first verse. Where's the ground? He took the ground away from me. So, like this, sorry? What he's saying is, what is, what is, not the ultimate reality, so you don't get confused. He's not saying what the ultimate reality is, so you don't no, get confused. The definition is what is not the ultimate reality, so if you find this, that's not it, so you look for something else that we don't know what it is. Yeah, that, that's, what the mind, that's what the mind does. And whatever your mind goes to, think, oh, it's not that, it must be this. And so no, it's not this also. Oh, okay, it's not this, it's not that, it must be this one then. Then he said, no, it's not this also. That's how I understand that definition of well, that anything that you find is not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
the beginning is that everything comes from dependent rising, right? Mm-hmm. And then he said that is not true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after being nice, if, if you're not confused, then Nagarjuna, uh, Nagarjun, the great Nagarjuna, did not do his work. You're supposed to be confused. Okay? And nicely confused. <laughs> not confused and, and scared and, and don't want to continue, but nicely confused. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, what is being confused is the ego that's confused. And the ego better be confused. Okay? All the way to the end. Right? The last chapter. And I have to read a verse from the just from last chapter and I'll stop. <laughs> this is the <laughs> twenty-six chapters. About each chapter is like uh, has some of them have sixteen verses, some of them has eighty verses, so a lot of verses. And at the very, towards the very last, towards the very end, he says, So, because all entities are empty, that's what he was trying to express, so by now you agree, at least intellectually, which views of permanence, etc., except, no, permanence meaning all those things that we we proudly hold to be the Buddhist view. Things are impermanent, karma, uh, uh, cause and effect, dependent arising, nirvana, samsara, suffering, all these things. Which views of permanence, etc., would occur? And to whom, when, why, and about what would they occur at all? Now, well, it's kind of too late, but what image came to your mind at the end of that, if you were following it? That's the image you have to learn to cultivate. Exactly that image. And it's an image where you are somewhat at a loss. Okay? Accept it. Be patient with it. It's the ego that's at its loss. Okay? But there's one beautiful thing I wanted to read. Oh, yes, the beginning of the last chapter. Absolutely brilliant. After 26 chapters of expressing. And this is the thing that makes a lot of people sort of... uh, fight with each other as to exactly where does Nagarjuna stand? Uh. 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> the victorious ones have said that emptiness is the relinquishing of all views. For whomever emptiness is a view, that one has accomplished nothing. <laughs> he just spent 26 chapters explaining emptiness, and at the end it says, whoever thinks of emptiness as a view, that person didn't understand the thing I said. <laughs> I'm not going to go into a philosophical explanation as to exactly what that means. There are actually like eight schools <laughs> explaining that verse. <laughs> Well, we just have to give it up after you explain it. Right? Make sure you give it up right. <laughs> so, the kind of uh, the image that sort of flashed for a moment in your mind, that, that ex I would say that it, not just an image, but it, it's like a compound. It's an image, it's an experience, it's an emotion that sort of compounded, that flashed in your consciousness for a brief moment, and there's a part of you that refuses to accept it as, oh, this cannot, this cannot be it. That's what you have to, and then it, that's why it lasts only for a brief moment. So like the ego, uh, no, uh, the ego was moved away for a split of a split moment, and the <coughs> ego immediately came back. Now you have to expand that <coughs> space. You have to be able to bring yourself into that space and allow that space to expand, to expand. And eventually, it will be enough for you to have a good look at it. Okay? And you will have those two experiences. You will be, you will be scared to death. <laughs> and after you uh, get used to being scared to death, then you will experience incredible bliss. That is not a result of anything. So we don't need good karma to achieve this. You don't need good karma to... Good karma. Because you said it's not the result of anything. It's not the result of anything. Because if... It would be a, a tragedy if this was the result of good karma. <laughs> <laughs> So it is it is possible to to live without ego. Is that the of the final? Yeah, that is the end? question, isn't it? Is it possible to live without ego? <coughs> That's what we are doing. Remember, remember that this is a how to annihilate your ego. Yeah? The title of the text. <laughs> is it possible to continue without an ego? The thing is, whatever we have, whatever conviction, I have to say, not just surface conviction, but underlying deep conviction that we have about identity, it is completely wrong. No matter how beautiful it, 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 it appears in our mind, no matter how beautiful philosophically uh, it, it, it sounds, it is completely wrong. 
to for me to say remember this is the uh, you're no longer in the baby class right <laughs> this is no longer the baby class where I have to hold your hand and say don't worry you're gonna continue okay <laughs> for me to say that you're or oh, don't worry you're gonna continue is to create another concept in your mind another something for you to grab onto okay so when you're at that very fearful moment and you look for some tiny little concept to the ego looks for tiny anything to grab onto it will grab onto oh yeah I'm gonna continue and that will be a force you have to completely let go allow complete annihilation to take place or allow the appearance of a complete annihilation to take place then whatever identity is it will just you will just know it and you won't need concepts for you to express it okay we still talk about buddha sakyamuni buddha amitabha white tara green tara we still talk about and these are beings who have reached the final annihilation of ego and we still talk about them as individuals okay so don't worry about if you're afraid your individuality is going to be destroyed don't try to grab onto individuality let it go it's already it's wrong already okay and don't try to imagine a cute one you know i'm getting getting rid of the ugly one i'm going to grab a cute one okay don't do that and people get stuck much longer grabbing to a cute one okay uh that is one of the dangers of 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 uh of tantra because you seem to be creating a cute ego i mean a gorgeous <laughs> looking <laughs> ego <laughs> and then people get stuck with that gorgeous looking ego and instead of instead of reaching enlightenment through that path they get stuck okay so if you're afraid if your fear isn't that you're doing something that you no know, ordinary thing you know like it's not a truck coming at you it's not a, you're sitting down you're in a room by yourself you clock the door <laughs> and then great fear comes don't worry okay don't worry right just just bear it fearlessly All right. Uh, <coughs> believe it or not, this is we're doing the meditation still along the line of um, uh, Mahamudra, right? Of relaxing, and then just allow the relaxing to take place, and looking at the relaxing, and letting it continue. Okay, and whatever sense of identity comes into your mind look at it realistically and let it go and stare at what is left once you removed it okay all right all right so let's get ready and try to remember the 
the state of tranquility that you touched upon and try to bring that experience just through memory. And even from now to sort of assuade the fear that may come or may not come, remember the incredible protection you have of your infallible guide having merged with your mind in your heart center. There are two fearlessnesses. There's a fearlessness that would allow you to achieve personal liberation, and there's a fearlessness that will allow you to achieve complete omniscience. The fearlessness for complete omniscience is great compassion. So try to fill the space of your tranquility with great compassion. If you're thinking about your own problem, having sympathy for those who have it, and then allow that to become universal, a, a deep, compassionate concern for anyone, anywhere, having any difficulties whatsoever. And let that push you to just be calm and to see reality for what it is. As far as the relaxing is concerned, if you want to take the relaxing to the ultimate, so think of relaxing in, into the absolute foundation, the absolute substrata of reality. So you're going to keep relaxing into that until you reach a point where there's nothing beyond it. So whatever presents itself as being that, you're going to ex sort of make it establish that it is truly the absolute foundation. When it doesn't do it, it will disintegrate and continue.
just let go. Let go of being bored. Let go of trying to make yourself not being bored. Whatever you are presently experiencing that is not absolute freedom, that's what you need to let go of. Let go of being distracted. Let go of trying to make yourself not be distracted. Let go of all efforts whatsoever and rest in the fundamental nature.
this is the shadow of that mighty weapon called the diamond scepter, the Vajra, the Dorje, that annihilates ignorance, annihilates the false sense of self. Have that appreciation of the state where your mind is right now. And think of something in the world that concerns you, someone who needs, who draws your sense of concern, and direct that this mighty power to address your concern. Through making a dedication. your heart, embrace all beings everywhere with great compassionate concern, especially hold those who are under the sway of the delusion that somehow harming someone else will benefit them. dedicate some of your power, some of this merit, to help them become free of that delusion. final dedication
slowly become aware of the breath again, the physical properties of the breath, the weight of it, the temperature of it. And let that consciousness also take in the awareness of the body slowly from the crown of your head, including more and more of the body until you are aware of the whole body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet.